As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the... This is Colin from Cannot Justify. We're rocking Attitude Era Live with Python, Granny Hawker, and Jake Swing. Gentlemen, it is another Monday night. It is Attitude Air Live here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And as always, we have Grandy Hulkster. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you, Icon. And we have Matthias after digging out of the snow and uh, delivering all the um, uh, good, uh, good vibes to all the people around North Dakota and the city of Fargo. How are you, Matthias? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good after a very long, torturous week with the weather last week. I'm ready to be back here live in studio at 89.1 Ken's FM. Let's do this. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, we did uh, We did miss you last week, and um, it's good to have you. Uh, let's just go over real quick uh, who we got on our show uh, with us this evening. Uh, we have Nancy Ann Ritter. And, uh, of course, she was in the movie Scream. For those of you who watched the first movie Scream, uh, she was uh, uh, in the bathroom scene with the, uh, with the good-looking cheerleader. But I actually had uh, uh, more hots for uh, uh, Nancy's character than I did for the cheerleading character because, one, I would never have a shot with a cheerleader. So there you go. And uh, we have uh, uh, Devon Demo. Uh, she is currently with the LFC, Lingerie Fighting Champions. And we have WCW legend, PN News. And uh, he's actually in Germany. Yeah, he's actually in Germany right now. And uh, he's going to be calling uh-huh. us from Germany and using Skype which is an amazing thing. Uh, back in the day, if you wanted to call uh, from here to Germany or have Germany call you, you'd have to call after midnight so you can get those international discount rates. Uh, now we have such technology, you don't have to worry about that. So we hope we'll be able to get hooked up with him as we go on. So our first guest will be here uh, in about uh, 15 minutes or less. But in the meantime, uh, Granny... I'm just kind of curious. You mentioned yes. that uh, you're going to be uh, attending WrestleMania. Kind of tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, you know, you know, our very good friend B Train that's been on our podcast before. He is always uh-huh, wanted used to, help to take Granny to. Yeah, he always wanted to take Granny to a WrestleMania, and so, lo and behold. He is going to be flying into Kansas City to his parents' house, um, picking up a vehicle there, driving to Springdale, Arkansas, and picking up me and my husband, David, and my son, Anthony, and we are going to WrestleMania. Now, we were going to wait for about a week before we told Anthony, you know, about a week before, but with Anthony's situation like it was, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen or, you know, what was going on. So we thought, well, we'd go ahead and tell him. And B-Train, and I had him I had him on speakerphone, and <clears throat> B-Train says, dude, have you ever had the dream of wanting to go to WrestleMania? 
And Anthony's like, well, well, yeah, of course. You know, what kind of question is that? You know, duh. And he says, well, bro, he says, you, me, your mom, and your dad, we're taking you to WrestleMania. And I mean, Anthony's eyes lit up like a Christmas tree, let me tell you, people. Now, for those of you that don't know a lot about my son, um, he was diagnosed with bipolar 1 disorder at 11 years old. He had attention deficit disorder, learning disabilities all of his life through school. We recently found out that he meets the criteria for autism spectrum disorder, which is telling me that he's probably he was probably even autistic when he was younger, but it was never recognized. So for him to be able to go do something like this, I mean, this is our first WrestleMania. I mean, B-Train's been to like four, five, six of them, but this will be our first WrestleMania. So we are very excited, and I tell you, B-Train wanted to do something really nice for Anthony, really nice for David and I, and so we are leaving March 30th, heading to Texas, and we're going to go one day to WrestleCon, and then we got tickets for... Uh, WrestleMania on April 3rd. So we are very excited. Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, it's it's great that you guys are able to uh, thank Anthony to that. And, uh, of course, you know, uh, you know, if they, you know, Granny, you know me, if they have any programs or anything like that, uh, you know that I'd like you to get me one, and I can pay you for it. Of course, uh, when I uh, well, I will, uh, I will, I will do my very best. Like I said, I know we're going to go one day to WrestleCon. I'm not sure what day we're going there to WrestleCon yet. I think maybe we're going to go April 2nd, like the day before WrestleMania. I'm not sure. Uh, we may do it April 1st. I don't know, but I have a lot of my wrestling buddies um, that actually wrestle in Texas. And I have a lot of my wrestling friends that are going to wrestle at different wrestling shows the weekend of WrestleMania. So I'm hoping to get a seat, get to see a lot of my buddies from Texas that I normally don't get to see very often. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, that's uh, that's awesome. I, like I say, I'm glad that uh, Anthony will be able to, and I know that he'll enjoy that. And uh, uh, good job, B-Train, for getting that done uh, for Anthony, and uh, yes, and of course, uh, I, I'm, I want to announce here real quick, uh, you know how I've been bragging on our show that we're booked up from now until the end of uh, 2023, which is true, uh, we have, I just finally finished, uh, filled the last time slot for our show today, and uh, hopefully, as, as all works out, you know, because it's what uh, tomorrow's the beginning of March, right? March first. Yep. And uh, you know when you have a guest booked that far in advance, things may change in the course of eleven months. Hopefully they won't. But the good thing is, if we do have a cancellation or have to re-fandangle something or whatever, I always have people and wrestlers and guests waiting in the wings to fill in as needed. So. Uh, we're always going to do our best to have three guests in each night, and of course, I've never ever wavered from that. And uh, that's my that's my responsibility to the fans to bring the best content here 
on 89.1 Ken's FM. So speaking of uh, great content, uh, you know, we have, like I say, the actor, one of the actresses from the movie Scream, and um, I don't know how many uh, questions Granny will have for that, but uh, I'm assuming that... Um, Matthias will have a few because you've seen it. Oh yeah, that's absolutely one of my that's one of my favorite films uh, growing up. One of my favorite horror films of all time, actually. And uh, do you remember? Uh, uh, well, we don't have to do go do with age, but uh, do you uh, do you remember how old you, or what grade you were in when you first saw Scream? Um, well, it came out in '96, and I think I saw it probably. Uh, let's see. I think I saw it in the early 2000s, I believe, was my first time seeing it, because we had a random video store um, in our opposite town of Beulah, and I saw this random movie video called Scream, and I'm like, well, you know what, I'll rent it out for the day. My mom let me, because, you know, she she let me do what I kind of want as a kid. Every once in a while, like, I'm, she wasn't she wasn't always allowing me to do what I wanted, but I watched it, and I was well, like... Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> anyway, but uh, she uh, she allowed me to rent it, and I watched it, and I'm like, wow, this is this is a really good movie. This is awesome. Like, I mean, it kind of got me in the beginning when I was younger, but now it's like, no, nothing really ever scares me anymore when it comes to horror and and scary movies. But that film was just, it was such an intricate movement in the horror movie franchise. It kind of revamped everything, and it was uh, really awesome being able to see that as my first ever horror film, and now it's one of my favorites. And uh, you know, the thing is, you mentioned it came out in '96. I was a um... Now, did it come out early 96 or late 96? I think it was early 96. Early 96. So I would have been a, a junior in high school because um, we all remember 96, 97 was the worst winter in history in the city of Fargo, North Dakota, which is still, well, actually, then two, we had, of course, 2009 and 2010. It actually, looked, my fault. It actually came out late. It was December 20th, 1996 when it was released. Okay, so I was uh, so I was a senior in high school then because I graduated in 97. So, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was when I was a senior, but, uh, you know, it's as you get older like myself, being 45 years old, uh, you know, you kind of, you know, you, you kind of forget things every now and then. Especially with me being a wrestler, I know that feeling. I've gotten so many head injuries, I can't remember three hours ago, pretty much. So Too many chair shots, maybe? Yeah, chair shots, you know, hitting your head on the turnbuckle, because everybody likes to, you know, put my pretty face in a turnbuckle trying to mangle it, but it never never works, but my brain always gets affected somehow. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. It looks like our first guest is waiting in the wings, so we're going to take a quick little break, and uh, we will return with our first guest after these messages. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. And, of course, uh, Wood Spring Suites is a great hotel to stay. And uh, if, you, uh, if you're looking for a, uh, a weekend getaway, if you're looking for, well, basically anything, 
Uh, Wood Spring Suites has everything, and uh, I know the guy that works at the counter, his name is Scott Helmers. He works there overnight, but apparently he's been working there a lot lately. So if you happen to uh, if you happen to see him, say hi to him uh, when you check into Wood Spring Suites. But right now, our guest, our first guest, is waiting as she steps out of the green and walks down the aisle, about to enter the ring right now. She is the reason why Scream was a blockbuster film. She is the reason why the the Scream franchise has gave us four movies. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the one, the only, she is Miss uh, hey, Nancy Ann Nancy Ritter. Ann. Oh. <laughs> hey, this is Nancy Ann Ritter. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Holster. How, how are you, Nancy? I'm good to have you. I'm good. I'm so sorry I came in. I came in over your over you saying my name with my name. Well, you know, I'll tell you what it, it happens. Uh, you know, like I say, we can edit it out, splice it, do whatever. Uh, but usually, what I like to do is uh, when you do that introduction, I always have you always have the guest say my name first. That way, I can edit out big. Sw- no, I'm kidding. I don't do that. I don't do that. Uh, only in my spare time do I do that. Uh, so here's what we're going to do, uh, Nancy Ann. Uh, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll have some fun with the interview here. Sure. sure. Uh, well, I, I, well, I've I, never been asked that specific uh, question, so that's exciting. Well, I, I started acting when I was nine years old, and I was immersed totally in the professional theater and thought that that would be the way I would go to New York ultimately. And uh, I did go to Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Uh, Dave Chappelle was my good classmate and friend, totally name-dropping his name. And so I was at Duke Ellington School of the Arts all four years, a high school in Washington, D.C., and then went on to Northwestern University, which has a good theater program. And then, to my surprise, I went to Los Angeles for five years and then New York after that. And uh, I'm temporarily, well, I'm a long temporary with my, (laughs) a long living temporary situation with my parents because my lovely ex-husband was physically abusive. And so I left New York and came down here and now I'll be going back to New York probably in a year. But when I lived in L.A., when I first got to L.A. is how I got Scream. And Scream was the first big movie that I had ever done because I'd only ever done professional theater up until getting cast in Scream. And uh, we, uh, Nancy Andrews, our guest here, we've got uh, 30 minutes. Uh, so uh, we'll, uh, we're going to talk a lot about Scream, obviously, and we're going to talk about uh, what you, uh, some of the uh, projects that are coming up uh, and that you're working on. But think about this, guys. Uh, you know, um, uh, just so you know, uh, Nancy Ann, we have uh, Matthias on my left, and we have Granny Hawkster on my right here as you're listening on your radio. And uh, just think, uh, you know, you mentioned that she was classmates with David Chappelle. Just think about this. If it wouldn't have been for Nancy Ann Ritter uh, doing all of David Chappelle's homework, we would not have had Pinball Parker. 
Think about that. We would not have had the Dave Chappelle show. <laughs> None of it. No, you you wouldn't have had Dave Chappelle. I, yes, I did all of his homework so that he could be in. Totally kidding. So that he could be in the comedy club, starting at age fourteen, uh, and go from club to club. Uh, <laughs> I I love the icon that we talked joked about that last night. But no, he's he we we he's a very dear friend. You you become like brother and sister at Duke Ellington, and uh, and I I I have so many great VHS tapes of all of our production plays and showcases with with Dave. We call him David um, with David that are just amazing and. Uh, and so yeah, it was so yes, I I I would like to take full credit for David, but no, he's he's all him that's all him and his hard work and talent and brilliance, uh, for sure. And uh, you know, we like I said, we're gonna talk about a lot a lot about Scream here. Uh what I'm gonna do is uh I'll ask a few questions, then we'll do a round table, then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the, the more difficult questions. So now when you uh, decided to uh, try out for Scream, kind of take us through what that was like. Uh, did you have to fly out somewhere? Uh, where did you have your your tryout or your audition, not tryout, audition? And uh, do you remember who you read with uh, in your audition? Yes. So it's thanks to Julie Pleck, P-L-E-C is her last name. And at the time, she's now a huge TV creator, executive producer, writer. She's actually just written a project with Kevin Williamson who wrote the original Scream. And anyways, at the time, back in 1996, she was Wes Craven's assistant, and she randomly called me like on a Tuesday, and Julie said, we, she and I actually, we went to Northwestern University. Anyways, she called me and she goes, how tall are you? And I said, I'm 5'7", and she said, great, Wes Craven is screen testing five actresses for the lead role of Sydney Prescott, and would I be the female stand-in for Sydney uh, for that audition day for the five actresses that Wes Craven was going to be seeing who he liked the best to play Sydney? So I, she said, we'll pay $75, and I was like, yeah, right. I, th- I was 22 at the time, and I'd only been in L.A. at that point like five months. And so then the Were you still in the college big, at that time? Yeah. No, I had I had been I graduated school uh uh June oh lord. June nineteen ninety five. Uh so I was twenty two and then this my it's been twenty five years ago, but I think when she called me was right before my twenty third birthday, so I was still technically twenty two, but I'd been living so yeah, I had already graduated. I'd been living in LA about five or six months when she called me. Uh, And uh, so I went in that day to be the female stand-in, and Wes Craven was there, and two of his producers, Kathy Conrad, his producing partner, Marianne Madalena, and the casting director, Lisa Beach. And the first half of the day, Wes did not need me, so I just kind of stood, I just made kind of made myself invisible, and I stood kind of behind Wes Craven, not not right behind him to, to where I was, like, breathing on his neck, but, <laughs> but like, further behind him because he had a good view of his monitor and then, the two, and then a good view of the two scenes. They had set up two little makeshift sets 
one for the bedroom scene where Skeet crawls in through Nev Campbell's window and they have that little nightgown G-rated action. And then the second scene is the scene where the killer calls Nev for the first time. So that so each actress was getting to do each scene twice through. And then halfway through the day, Wes Craven whips around to me and he asked me, do you know the lines to the two scenes? And I did, uh, by that point, I knew the lines just because I'd been watching. At that point, I think three of the actresses had gone, read the two scenes for Sydney. So I said, yes, I know the lines. And he gave me a little script just of the two scenes. He's like, well, go over the scenes. And he went to check on one of the actresses who was like, out in like in hair and makeup any and then anyways he came back in and so I played he wanted me to play Sydney in that bedroom scene with Skeet and then play Sydney in the killer phone call scene and the guy I think I could be wrong but the guy playing Skeet's part that day who was the stand-in for Skeet just on that particular day I think he went on to play Stephen Orst Drew Barrymore's uh boyfriend who unfortunately gets gutted by the swimming pool. But anyways, I did the two scenes as wow. Sydney, and right after we finished, Wes Craven came, beelined up to me, and he said, that was excellent. And as he left the space for a sec, the warehouse space, he said, have a read for one of the bathroom girls. And at that point, Lisa Beach, the casting director, came running over, and that was how, that's how all of that got started. That's awesome. Uh, Nancy Ann's our guest here, and we have uh, 24 minutes. We are on uh, 89.1 Ken's FM. Here's what we're going to do, uh, Nancy. Uh, we're going, Nancy Ann, we're going to uh, do a little roundtable, and I'm going to come back to me, and I'm going to ask you the tougher questions. Um, well, not really, but, the, you know, um, you know, they, whatever. Uh, so, Granny, what do you have for our <laughs> guest, Nancy Ann Ritter? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. We're really glad to have you on with us tonight. What was it well, like to be in the movie with David Arquette? I mean. Well, he was, so I when we filmed our scene, the only people that I was on the set with, well, were the blonde cheerleader, Leonora Shelfo, and then Henry Winkler had been there earlier doing his death scene. But I did have a lunch <laughs> with David Arquette and Ulrich and Leonora and he came uh, we were already sitting down Skeet and Leonora and I and David Arquette came in or we were out on a on a porch eating lunch or something and he came in in this very fancy button down like black silk shirt with orange and yellow polka dots and fancy black like tuxedo <laughs> pants and I mean this is about 25 years ago but this is kind of what I what I remember and he came and sat down, and he, he was like, can I have some of your French fries to me? And so I was just, I was so new to the movie world and that scene, so he was just larger than life and super great, nice guy. Uh, so it was my first little introduction, but then when we shot our scene, like a lot of the lead characters, like Steve, David, they arrived, like we filmed our stuff like on a Friday and stayed through the weekend, and then the, David and Skeet had arrived by that Monday. So then we were done, and then the main cast had the next couple months. 
but at the rap party, David started emceeing the, after the band finished playing, he got up and started emceeing and Nev Campbell was like doing a little flamenco type dance and Courtney Cox got on the drums and she's a really good drummer. So, um, that was, uh, that was a real hoot and, uh, and, and yeah, so that's, that's, that's my David Arquette adjacent story. So think about this, and then we'll go to Matthias. Think about this. Now, if it wouldn't have been for Nancy Ann, think about this. If it wouldn't have been for Nancy Ann, we wouldn't have had Pinball Parker. We wouldn't have had the David (laughs) Spell Show. And David Arquette never would have won the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. It's all because of Nancy Ann, ladies and gentlemen. And if you guys are wondering, the link to wrestling, she was in the movie with David Arquette, who won the WCW World Wrestling Federation Champion. There's your wrestling link. There you go. So now, uh, Nancy Ann, uh, her name is Nancy Ann, guys, so uh, let's refer to her as that, or Miss Ritter, so we're all professional here. Oh, God, uh, not Miss Ritter, just, just Nancy Ann. <laughs> okay, uh, well, uh, my uh, other co-host, um, who uh, actually grew up idolizing your scene, he, um, he told me how he used to uh, watch just your scene you know, stop, rewind, slow mo. Stop, rewind, slow mo. Just to see you. Uh, and he's Matthias. What do you got for our guest here, Matthias? Go ahead. Well, first off, welcome to the show. It's awesome having you on. Um, I just wanted to quickly. I, I had like a three-part question, but you kind of answered one of them. I was going to ask, uh, did you get to interact with all the main cast and stuff like that? But we'll skip that one. Um, I just want to quickly say that Scream has been my one of my favorite horror films of all time, and I'm just uh, it's just awesome being able to talk to somebody that's been in the movie. Um, but first off, uh, Icon, I got to correct you. There was actually five Scream films as of January of this year. If you're not familiar, uh, there was a 2022 film came out. I'm going to ask about that. So my top two questions for you: How does it feel to know that you're part of one of the most influential films in horror history and then going back to the 2022 film did you actually go out and see it and what was your opinion on it okay so the i'll answer the second part of the question i have not i'm dying to see uh the new scream scream five i know it's not called she's scream dying five, to see a I'm horror dying, film guys yeah I'm, well i'm dying to see <laughs> scream five <laughs> yeah i'm dying to see a horror film and and uh, and but I haven't because of the COVID. I live. I'm right now living with my 82 and 85 year old mom and dad. And when it mm-hmm. opened on January 14th, I was too nervous um, to take them and go. Uh, so yes, so I haven't seen it. I'm if I were living in New York where I had been living. By myself, I would have totally gone on opening night with my friends. Uh, so that's yeah. that story. But I'm, I'm, I'm. I do want to ask: Is Matthias the big, the big swing? Is that who I'm talking no. to? No, the big oh, swing Matthias is not here is right now. Different. Oh, the big yep. swing's not there. Okay, okay. Um, and then the first part of Matthias. Yeah, he's being a big tease uh, right now. Oh, you're the big, <laughs> the big tease. Um, so, okay, that's making me laugh. Uh, I am, well, I'm, I pinch myself now, 25 years later. Uh, I never thought of being a part of a big, the big franchise of Scream is certainly something that I am grateful to be a part of. The Girl in the Bathroom was a teeny tiny part of the movie. 
but it was very exciting at the time when the getting to be up in Santa Rosa on the set with Wes Craven and and actually getting to read the script for the first time. I remember I was in my little apartment in the valley, and at that point the script still had the original title, A Scary Movie, on the front yep. page. But I remember reading it and thinking, oh, wow, this is amazing, so innovative, so funny, so scary, and thinking, oh, mm-hmm. I'm so excited to see how they, you know, how they tr- take it from page to, quote-unquote, the stage. And then from the moment I took my little friend to the premiere and in the premiere, uh, people were gasping and screaming. And so that, that was kind of when I knew it was going to be a fun roller coaster ride. But I have to be honest, I did, I knew the movie would do amazingly well because they're all, all of that main cast is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And but I had no idea that people would be interested 25 years later in the girl in bathroom. Like I know they love the bathroom scene and the cheerleader is amazing uh, in that scene. But it's I've been really tickled just since this past summer. Uh, a booking agent had reached out to me about doing the horror film conventions and would I want to do that? And I and I thought people really want the girl in bathroom signature and and so just this whole fall and winter has been super fun just because of of the new scream scream 5 coming out and also the 25th mm. anniversary of scream the original scream so it's been it's it's i really feel the joy of the franchise just for the little for my little pivotal role of the of the girl in bathroom uh it's i guess really hitting home now 25 years later uh what i knew it was a big deal but it, like i said i didn't i didn't know that the girl in bathroom <laughs> would would be highly sought after so that's been super fun and uh, we have uh, Nancy and Ritter's, our guest here on live at 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, 15 minutes here with uh, Nancy. And so my, I guess my next question is, uh, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, what was it like hanging out with the Fonz? The Fonz, well, he was, so he had just, they had just uh, filmed his getting stabbed scene and Leonora and I were still hanging out in the trailer, but as we were called to this, we got, we were already in, had had our hair and makeup and costumes. And as we were crossing kind of the parking lot to go have lunch, uh, the Fonz, Henry Winkler, uh, came out and he had his business shirt on, the principal shirt on with all the blood. And because so, I was so excited to see him, but I was trying to play it cool. I was like, hey, nice shirt to the bloody shirt. And then, I, of course, I was like, oh, why did I just say that? But he, he, actually <laughs> stayed and had, <laughs> he actually stayed and had lunch with us, and we shared the lemonade pitcher. Uh, and he just was just down to, super down to earth. Uh, I grew up on happy days, so it was just kind of a surreal experience to be having lunch with him. And uh, I I knew I had known about I knew he had gone to Rutgers University because his acting teacher came and spoke to us acting students at Duke Ellington School of the Arts. So I learned a lot from the acting teacher about Henry Winkler and when Henry Winkler got offered the Happy Days 
role of the Fonz, Henry Winkler calling the acting teacher and asking, should I take the role of Fonzie? So it was just fun uh, to to finally be meeting him in person and uh, being there when his big death scene had happened. That was that was really fun. You know, and the other cool thing about Henry Winkler is uh, he's also one of the part creators of MacGyver. If for those of you didn't know that, uh, it was him and John Rich uh, that uh, did MacGyver. As a matter of fact. Uh, Henry Winkler finally appeared in one episode of MacGyver uh, the last season. It was uh, when they had all these guest stars. They had Dick Butkus on that show. They had Henry Winkler on that show. They had um, James Doohan, who was Scotty from Star Trek. And, uh, it's you know, it's just amazing how uh, the the connection that you, you have with meeting all these people. Now, did you get to meet Jamie Kennedy as well? You know, the the people I I got to meet him, the people I got to know the best, Leonora was dating and living with Skeet Ulrich, so Leonora and I became great friends and then because of her living and and dating Skeet, I got to know Skeet probably the best out of that main main cast. And then Jamie the three that I had the least amount of interaction with I guess would have been Matthew and I mean I they're amazing Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan and Jamie Kennedy. So probably Nev Nev, Courtney Cox, David Arquette to a much lesser extent but then then mainly Pete and um and Leonora and actually the guy who played uh Kenny Courtney Cox's like camera assistant uh mm-hmm. his name is uh W Earl Brown. Um but uh, I know Leonora, I know, hung out with Jamie Kennedy a lot while Skeet was shooting his scenes, and she said that she and Jamie would do a lot of, like, role-playing improv- improvisation together and crack each other up. Uh, so I, I actually would hear all the fun stories about shooting, of the shooting of the film from Leonora because she was up on the set a lot um, because of being with Skeet. Uh, so, so yes, there you go. So now let me ask you this. Now you're you're uh, uh, everybody knows that uh, your scene in the movie uh, Scream was the reason why it was the blockbuster that was. But now, when you were offered the role, is it because it was because Wes, Wes Craven uh, liked the reading that you did, or was that character? Uh, made for you because of how wonderful you were on on the set that day the the character was already in the script and he he initially had me read for the cheerleader uh and and i was the worst goes down as one of the worst auditions i've ever given (laughs) leonora is so perfect as the cheerleader and when i auditioned uh west was in the audition and when i when I went to say hi to everybody, he started bowing to me. And at first I was like, why is he bowing to me? And I had a little t- little baby doll T-shirt that said, girls rule. Uh, but then, I, yeah, I proceeded to do the cheerleader part in the audition. Thank goodness they did not cast me as a cheerleader. Uh, but he, after that audition, he, they, they called and said, Wes still really wants to use you in the movie. And would I want to play the girl in bathroom? 
And I I said, yes, of course, and that's that's how all of that blossomed. I, I, I would love to say, yes, they created the role of the girl in the bathroom for me, uh, but no, it was she was already in the script. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Now, I understand if you don't want to answer the question, but uh, you mentioned that when you came out to do the readings, they said they were going to pay you $75 a day, which is amazing. Uh, for a for the part for the part that you had, uh, did did were you still making seventy five dollars a day, or did they say, well, hey, uh, this is the reason why my movie's going to be a hit. Let's give her five hundred dollars a day. So uh, okay, so I because of being in Scream, I got immediately got put into the Screen Actors Guild, which is the un- the actors union, and so the so. I was now a union act. Went from being a non-union actor to a union actor for film and TV. And the day rate at that time in 1996, the the union day rate was $540 for one day of shooting. So the bathroom scene ended up taking only one day. And then he kept Wes kept us through. That was a Friday. He kept us through the weekend in case he needed any little pick up shots on that Monday. So uh, so we were paid five forty for the actual shoot day and then they gave us per diem which I don't remember which was I think what was in cash for food and and stuff like that, but they provided all the food. But I, I wish I could remember the per diem but it wasn't I was still having to work a day job at the time, uh, waiting tables so $540 for the day rate is a nice day rate, but I would have had I would have had to have uh, several days of you know filming constantly from mo- going from movie to movie to to be able to pay my rent and bills. Um, I actually made more money doing a McD- more money doing a McDonald's commercial uh, from all the residuals that you get from every time the commercial airs on TV. So I made more money doing a McDonald's commercial than I made doing Scream. Uh, but I'm eternally grateful to get to be a part of Scream. I I didn't have an agent when I got Scream, so I I still get little residual checks from from Scream, but but they're they're not enough to live on. Sometimes I get a $15 check sometimes an $8 check, sometimes a $30 check, and they always, the checks make me laugh because this big invoice probably costs more to mail it to me than the actual take-home amount <laughs> of the check that they enclose. But I've always, I haven't talked to Leonora in a long time, the cheerleader, but she had an agent at the time, so I'm so curious if her residuals are are more than mine more than mine obviously drew barrymore and of course the the biggest star uh of the film because of being drew barrymore her agent would of course get her a great uh a great rate um but i have it has made me laugh that the residual pay checks are so tiny whereas the residual checks for the mcdonald's commercial at the time were a lot we're a lot more. <laughs> so now, uh, are you aware 
when you get these checks, or do you just like look in your mailbox like, oh wow, here's another check from Scream. Well, I must have been on TBS at midnight or something. <laughs> so. So there's another fifteen dollars. Yeah, there's one time, and I, this is this, this is the truth. One time there was a Scream check for a penny. So, and I'm, it costs I more I for a stamp. Yeah. Um, One but cent no, check. I do, always All get, right. I do always get excited when the screen check is there just to see <laughs> to see how small the, <laughs> the amount will be. I did another <laughs> movie called Storytelling with John Goodman and Paul Giamatti and Selma Blair, and so I get residual payments from that movie, too, and they're just as small <laughs> as Scream. But, yeah, it's always exciting to see, oh, what's, what's the amount going to be uh, today? Um, and I think, I feel like I was told early, like long time ago that you don't, that you only get paid if someone buys the film, like a, that way back when, but, oh, well, I don't know all the technology now, but if they purchase the film, but I really don't, I'm, I'm, I really don't know how all that works, but it must it must not be a uh, a lot of many ways to get paid because the check is so tiny. <laughs> uh, Nancy and Riz are guests here on eighty nine point one Kens FM. We got uh, well, we got about four minutes, but uh, if our next guest is late, uh, are, you, are you able to stick around with us for a little while longer? Oh sure, I've got no. I'm I'm all yours. Awesome, and. Uh, and uh, I, I want to let everybody know that uh, uh, Nancy Ann, uh, her, her name is Nancy Ann. It's not just Nancy. That's why everybody wants, why does he keep calling her by her first and middle name? Well, her name is Nancy Ann. And uh, Nancy Ann, uh, on the, as a guest on the show, has became a great friend of mine uh, over the last couple months. And uh, it's just awesome. And... Uh, the the rumor is Nancy that uh, the icon is going to try and get you down here for a comic con. Uh, hopefully, you'd be uh, up to do that. I would totally. You you can the icon can whore me out to any uh, convention that will have me. I would totally come. We talked about that last night. I would totally come to the convention that you mentioned in North Dakota, and then the grind the grind house. Festival. The grind flick. Yep. Uh, yep. Yes, I would love to do. I have a new booking agent. His name is Chris Majors of Monster Entertainment, and uh, so far he's booked. So far, I've been confirmed for four conventions, uh, and I'm very excited. And then he's booking me for some other conventions, and I'm really excited to get to be a part of that scene. I've never even gone to a convention as a like, I don't know what you call. I've never attended a convention, so to get to be a part of it, I'm super excited about. And uh, yeah, I'll do any convention that wants the very pivotal girl in bathroom. I will be there very gladly. Now, uh, here's here's my other question, uh, Nancy. And we we got we got only got a few minutes here before we got to wrap this up. But uh, if our fans want to check you out and see you, you got a Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. What do you got? Okay, I've got Facebook, which is just my name, Nancy Ann Ritter, 
And the Anne has an e, A and an E in, in the credits and screen. They accidentally left off the E. And Ritter is double Ds. Well, I'll just, so N-A-N-C-Y, A-N-N-E, Ritter, R-I-D-D-E-R is Facebook. And then this, my name, the same name for Instagram. And uh, so those are my two handles at the moment. And um, did you want me, the icon, did you want me to say the three conven- the four conventions so far? Or yep, if there's go not ahead. Enough time? Okay. No, go ahead. Four go ahead. State, okay. Uh, four, like the number four, four state Comic Con, which is April 30th and May 1st, Maryland Pop and Horror Convention, August 27th and 28th, Tidewater Horror Convention, September 9th, 10th, and 11th. Then there's an Ocean City Horror Convention, December 22nd. And uh, so those are the confirmed ones. And then there there are ones in the works uh, for Carolina Fear Fest and out in California, the ones that we talked about last night, night, uh, you and I, um, the icon and and I. So, yeah, there are tons all over the United States and my agent asked if I had a passport would I be willing to go to Germany and the United Kingdom and I said yes and uh, so that's all I'm super excited about and then there's there might be three little independent horror movies that I might get to do uh, as as a possibility so so yeah Scream has opened a lot of uh, doors just, just within the last uh, 2021 and now 2022. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Nancy Ann. Thank you for being on a, being on our show tonight. We do appreciate it. Uh, we will definitely have you on again. And uh, uh, I know our fans are wondering why you would actually give me your phone number, but uh, I'll promise to stop calling at two in the morning. Uh, but other than that, uh, we do appreciate you joining us. And does thank you have, so much. Does she have one more time? One time to answer one quick question. Uh, yeah, we sure. have about what, 30 seconds. What's your favorite scream kill? I got to ask. The Drew Barrymore. When, yes, when the very... Just, go ahead. Oh, I was just... Yeah, when he... I love the music, at that the climactic music, of, you know, when when he's plunging the knife into her chest. And then, well, when he jumps out the window and gets her, then plunging the knife, and then when he's dragging her away, and, and right before he knocks her to the ground and she's trying to get out the you know the the word mom just that whole that whole little bit right right before he hangs her from the tree is my favorite <laughs> is my favorite kill of awesome dreams. i had to ask all right thanks nancy uh we appreciate it have a good night and i'll be in contact with you this week okay okay thanks so much guys all thank right. you bye-bye all right nancy and it looks like on it looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings. Uh, we'll be going to them, uh, but we got to take a quick little time out from our sponsor. We'll be back after these messages. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. 
So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. And we uh, have a little assignment for you. If you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. You go to Ken's 89.1 page on Facebook, like that. Do the $10 a month donation to Power the Tower. Uh, We will uh, get you qualified to win an autograph from a a past guest, a current guest, or a future guest. uh, Or you might even get an autograph picture from... uh, a couple. So uh, do that, and uh, we'll continue. So, ladies and gentlemen, stepping onto the green room right now, she is the reason why they came up with the term Fist Superior. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the owner of Devon Fight Club, she is Devon Damo. Hey, how's it going? Good. This is Devon Damo. You're listening to Attitude ER Monday, Live Monday, on 89.1. Ken's FM with your host, Icon, The Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. How are you, Devon? Good to have you. I'm good. It's Devin, not Devon. <laughs> Devin, I'm sorry. Good to have you, Devin. Sorry. No worries. Uh, now, here's what we're going to do. Uh, if you want to give us a quick little background about yourself, and then I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable. Then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. So, uh, go ahead. All right. Uh, my background, I've been wrestling for 18 years. I started out with uh, Sleeper Kids World and ended up um, branching out and doing my own stuff with SWA Grappling, which ended up coming into Devin's Fight Club. So, yeah. So uh, with uh, with Devin's Fight Club, uh, that's obviously that you you obviously are the owner of that. Uh, do you uh, you train uh, people to fight? Uh, do you do like weekly uh, uh, boxing uh, exhibitions? What uh, what kind of content do you do with your uh, company? Well, I I took a five year break and people have been pulling me. I tried to I tried to retire and nobody lets me. Um, so we're back into production now. Um, so we do a lot of like belly punching, boxing, uh, pro style, and grappling. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you uh, you can uh, beat up the uh, the the guys just as well as the gals, right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, 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 Devon Demos, our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM, and uh, we got uh, we got about 26 minutes now. When you uh, decided to start training as a fighter, was it uh, what, what, what was the motivation? Was it uh, to try and uh, learn how to uh, box and uh, have matches so you can uh, train others? Or what was your main motivation for becoming the uh, the butt-kicking so fighter that I you fall are? Into it? Right. How did I fall into it? I accidentally fell into it, to be honest. Like, me and my grandfather used to watch WWE as a kid, and I used to run around. They called me Devin the Butcher. I used to run around in my uncle's, like, little wrestling helmet and my little diaper and trying to (laughs) rip my shirt out like Hulk Hogan. But when I became an adult, I was a bartender at a club in Atlanta, and I saw another wrestler, Harmony. She, um, I saw her checking her wrestling email, and I was like, what the hell is that? Sorry, I mean to cuss on radio, but... Uh, she's like, oh, girl, I'm a wrestler. She's like, oh, you you seem kind of fit. Want to be a wrestler? And a month later, I was a wrestler. I literally fell into it. 
But I was hooked. My that's, first match, I was like, I love this. Um, that that's awesome. Now, uh, here's what we're gonna do here. Now, when you uh, as a as a as a wrestler and a, a fighter, uh, you know, I'm sure you're uh, familiar with the term. Uh, uh, whether it be a technical wrestler, a brawling wrestler, or a high flying uh, high flying wrestler, how would you categorize your style? High flying, I love the high flying moves. <laughs> what What is your favorite uh, What is your favorite move to uh, What is your favorite high flying move that you do? Um, if it's in a mat room, then it's the Devinator my own finisher it's like a mickey james ddt but modified and then if i'm in a wrestling ring then it's something off the top rope that's awesome uh uh devon is our guest here and we're on 89.1 ken's fm we got about uh, 24 minutes and the other, next question is with your uh with your persona are you more of a heel a baby face an in betweeny or are you uh or you don't care you're just a crowd individual to be honest when i was younger since i've been doing this so long i was probably more of a heel but now i guess you could call me an in betweener it's kind of nice to lose sometimes but i still have that badass persona so to speak well, this is going to be interesting. Granny, she's a little heelish. What do you guys for our guests? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. Granny does not like the heels. I can talk some pretty good smack if okay. I have to to them. Well, that's good. I, mean, I like it. I'm surprised. I'm surprised I even have a voice left tonight because I went to an independent wrestling show over the weekend over in Oklahoma, where I go to quite frequently. And of course, I did a lot of hollering Saturday night. I mean, so. I'm surprised I even have my voice tonight. But what has been your most one of your most challenging matches, and who was your opponent, and what kind of match was it? Ooh, after 18 years of wrestling, I had to think about that for a second. Um, wow, I'm not sure if I have one like that. Like, ooh, I would probably say Sapphire if you guys know who she is. Um, yep. We were always training together, and it was it was always I don't I'm not sure if that was a I never really had like a match. It was like wait a minute, I'm remembering things. Um, there was a match in 2008 from the Women's Wrestling Convention. If you ever heard of that, and there was me and I cannot remember her name, but saved my life, but she hadn't been tapped out in 10 years, and I tapped her out. And I remember running around the oh, ring like little lucky. I can't remember. It, was, it started with an H. Like, I want to say Helene Heavenly, but it's not her. It's another old, – she was older than me at the time. I was probably like 28 at the time. And a girl named Julie was on my team, and – but she almost broke her arm, but then I tapped the other girl. It was very strange. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, Devon Damo is our guest here. And uh, now uh, I want to introduce you to another uh, fellow wrestler. Uh, he, he had mentioned uh, before we went on the air that uh, he, he could probably have a heck of a good match with you. Uh, we're going to bring him on. Matthias, what do you got for uh, our guest? Go ahead. 
Well, first off, it's Devin. I'm going to correct you again there, buddy, because um, I'm a Thank heel. I've got to do what I want to do. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. Anyway, I, like <laughs> um, I am the. I, I have been wrestling for upwards of uh, five years now. I've been in the pro wrestling industry for upwards of a decade, and uh, I just love the heck out of it. But, uh, yeah, he said I could have a heck of a match with you. I would uh, like to ask if you'd be willing to come down to North Dakota and challenge me for my EWI. Since everybody else is coming after my, my EWI Diamond Championship, I'd like to personally invite you out here for a match against me. But I have to warn you, every match is a hardcore style base. So I got to ask, have you, uh, what has been your favorite? Have you ever done any kind of hardcore style match? And if you have, would you take me on and uh, help and have me defend my belt against you? Well, yes, I have. I've even done blood, blood matches. So, yes, I can totally take you. And it'd be fun. Perfect. So, what's the, uh, what's the uh, worst thing you saw? Not worst, but, like, in a hardcore match, what is one of the, uh, I guess, quote-unquote dangerous things you've ever done? Like, personally, for me, I've had uh, cheese graters uh, grind across my forehead. I've been thrown into thumbtacks. I've, I've yet to do barbed wire. But I've had beer cans smashed over my head. I basically had everything thrown at me but the kitchen sink. What's one of your favorites? I actually did a thing in the barbed wire, and I also did the blood. It was the same blood match, so I had to split my, like, you know, on your forehead. And, yeah, it was um, – I had people pass out because I didn't tell anybody I was going to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, wow. Okay. okay. It be a fun match. Uh, Devin Damos, our guest here. Uh, we just gonna need to uh, do a quick little timeout. Uh, we got to do a quick little uh, legal thing, and we'll be right back. Uh, give us a few seconds here. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ FM, Holly Fargo Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. All right, and uh, we are on 89.1 Kansas FM. So uh, I guess, Devin, my, my question is, uh, I actually follow you on Twitter, and we're going to talk, uh, we're going to let fans know here at the end of the interview how they can, uh, how they can check you out and everything. But I'm just kind of curious, uh, you, um, uh, on your Twitter, you seem to have a lot of uh, uh, matches with handcuffs. What is the deal with that? Why are they always handcuffing you? <laughs> Um, those are more like fetish matches, and it's people that I trust. And there's one on TikTok now of being <laughs> handcuffed, but it's it's not. I mean, it's still pro style, but it's still a fetish. So, but again, I only do that with certain people. So, uh, would you would you do a handy uh, would you do a handcuff on a pole match with the icon? I want to fight him with my hands not full, but maybe <laughs> not a meeting first. <laughs> well, uh, well, from what I understand, he, he is a pretty good, good guy. I know that uh, uh, the icon would uh, be a great bodyguard for you because uh, he could stop right. a bullet once. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, uh, Devin uh, Damon was our guest here on 89.1 Kansas FM. So uh, if uh, someone did want to have a match with you, uh, would they have to pay like $500 or $1,000? Or uh, do, you, uh, do they sign up? Uh, do they have to get in line? Uh, kind of take us through. If someone wanted to have a match with you, what would they have to do? Well, normally it's like $300 an hour, and they can email me at devindeamo at gmail.com. 
And uh, I, I am very familiar with your uh, with your email address, as you know. <laughs> I just said that out loud. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, now, what? Uh, now, do they uh, for the three hundred dollars an hour? Uh, do they have to pay like a minimum of two hours? Uh, and uh, uh, do you choose the match, or uh, if they give you three hundred dollars? Uh, do you give them like a, like a menu of what kind of match they have with you? Kind of take us through uh, like some of the matches that you that people always request, and uh, uh, of course, P, uh, PG language. Uh, what kind of matches would of you course. not do? Um, normally, like somebody will email me, and like if I'm in a certain city, or you know, by like now I live back in Atlanta, so Atlanta sessions, um, and I asked, I, I get a lot of emails of, what do you do? I'm like, no, you got to tell me what you want <laughs> first, and then I'll say yes or no. And I've done 30-minute sessions. I've done hour sessions. I've done up to a day sessions. So it's kind of just lots of emails of making sure they're both comfortable with what's going on. So now you've done, uh, you know, you mentioned it's three hundred dollars an hour. So if they want to do a half an hour, it'd be uh, so basically someone could pay one hundred fifty bucks. No. Oh, it'd still be three hundred. Two hundred. Okay. No, so for two hundred. If you're trying okay, to get so for two hours. <laughs> okay, so for two hundred dollars, uh, a um, a guy that couldn't get a date to save his life could come pay three hundred dollars to have you kick his butt for an hour. Yep. And uh, now, is there anybody that emails you saying, uh, hey, uh, I could take you no matter what? And now, um, it's obvious, is it uh, anything goes? Uh, Or is there, there like, rules, like you have, like, like a group of security that's ready to, like, if someone's about to pin you or get too... uh, uh, too aggressive, you, you, you call in your security, and then they they pull the guy in the back, and they soften him up, and then send him back to you? <laughs> um, <laughs> normally, if a guy says that over email, I say no, but um, I learned from a very long time ago that always have another wrestler with you, and I taught a lot of other girls. Like That's why um, the female wrestlers of Atlanta came up. It was a, a Yahoo group. And we always made sure there's two of us. So there's always somebody downstairs to do a five-minute call in, so making sure the guy wasn't, you know, trouble. So I've only in my entire life of wrestling had two incidents that were kind of out of control, but they got kicked out. But, again, safety always first. So, um like I say, as, as we want to be careful with this, define yeah. trouble. <laughs> you know, he pulled his, you know, <laughs> I can't say that. Oh, radio, okay. but, and right. I was like, do you uh, do that again? We got a visual. <laughs> yep. Oh, sorry. <laughs> now, uh, now during, during the, during the matches, um, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously not, um, it's obviously not cheat fighting. It's actually a real fight. So, uh, have you ever, uh, um, and I'm going to quote Eric Bischoff here, have you ever 
uh, snapped somebody's neck or broken an arm or a leg or punched a tooth out, broken a guy's nose, mm. uh, anything like that ever happen? Um, yes, but they wanted it. I put a tooth through a guy's lip once. Um, I had a guy that wanted me to break his torso, but he paid for it. <laughs> so everything was legal. Um, and okay. passing so out, you, that's you, a thing. I've never killed anybody, though. <laughs> but, so, so you put so you put a tooth through a guy's lip, so you were wrestling Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, but he's like, no, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. He's like, now I have a now, Devin star. <laughs> so uh, uh, De- Devin Damos is our guest here, and we're on uh, we're on 89.1 Kins FM, and unfortunately we only got uh, 12 minutes left. And you guys, uh, I know her name is Devin. The only reason why I, at the beginning, and you guys ruined it, the reason why I was pronouncing her name wrong is because I wanted to get her upset enough that she'd want to have a match with me so I wouldn't have to pay the $300. Uh, she'd invite me out just to take me down without the payment. But you guys ruined that. Jeez. Sorry. What you did there. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> See, like, that's not how heels work, though. Like, he- heels, heels can control their anger. Like, when they want to do something, they'll do it. Like, I don't think you'll be able to rough her up enough to the point where she'll come. I may have to take care of some business, and then I'll drag you to her. (laughs) I'm just going to keep laughing. (laughs) So let me ask you this. What was the the worst match that you ever had, if any? Oh, worst match. I had to put some girl's feet in my mouth once. That was horrible. She, like, literally hadn't washed her feet. So now, so with that being, so with that being said, uh, does uh, uh, does Vince Russo do your booking? Who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, hey, Granny, uh, I, I know you're listening, Granny. How about this? How about a dream match? Get this, Devin Demo and. Sylvester J. Fox, one on one, anything goes in a steel cage. <laughs> I would like that. Sylvester <laughs> J. Fox in his place for Granny. <laughs> Sounds good. But as you do know, Granny, I'm kind of working up the way to being one of Sylvester J. Fox's guys, so you might want to watch out. I might have to. I might have to come protect him a little bit. I know I know Devin's becoming a good friend of mine, but you know, can't hurt my managerial extraordinaire, you know what I'm saying? Well why would you want the likes of Sylvester J. Fox? He's such a bozo. I agree with her. <laughs> and see that that's how easy it is to get to Granny. <laughs> hey, I don't like the heels. I mean, I you know, I had one of the wrestlers take my chair the other night, and I said, oh, that's okay. I said, I really didn't need it anyways, and I went and got another chair to sit in. And then he said later to me later in the night, he says, oh, I see you got your chair back. I'm going to come have to take that one. And I said, go right ahead if you think you're man enough, little boy, to go ahead and do it. And he didn't do it, so I guess he wasn't man enough to take Granny's chair again. Well, Granny, if I'm going to be honest, I'm surprised you could even walk to go get your chair. Hey, 
I had plenty of chairs around me. All I had to do was reach behind the next row behind me and just slide a chair up to sit down in. So no big deal. So you didn't like you didn't break you know, a hip. My, you didn't miss your bedtime at the nursing home. My wrestling family takes very good care of Granny. You know they make sure. Oh I yeah, have she's a very well protected. Front row. <laughs> I mean they take very so good care of me. You didn't fall and break a hip. You didn't miss your bedtime at the old folks' home. Everything was all kind of straightened out there. I don't have a curfew at the old folks' home, Matthias, okay? I'll hit you in the nose like I hit that one wrestler in the nose. As a matter of fact, one of my very good wrestling buddies that I've known for 25 years was there Saturday night, and I love it when he's the heel because I get to give him grief, and I don't get to do that very often, but... I really had a lot of fun messing with him Saturday night. And he comes over, and he's there. are you ready to fight, Granny? I said, yeah, bring it on. We haven't had a good fight in a long time, Mr. Saturday night. And he takes his finger, and he pokes me on my nose. He says, oh, I love it when you do this, when you get so angry. <laughs> All right, well, then, Granny, it's on. Bring me and Devin down. We'll do a one-on-one match. We'll do anything for my diamond title, thumbtack match, whatever, and you can mess with me, and then if, you know, I get a little too cocky on you, she can uh, break my arm for you. How's that sound? That sounds hey, awesome. works for me. <laughs> works for me. Right? I'm down. Uh, uh, Devin Damon is our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM, and if our, our third guest is uh, unable to uh, call in right away, uh, I know I scheduled you for 30 minutes. Would you be able to hang on with us for a little while longer after that? Talking to me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Oh, okay. So now let's. Uh, now, I, now I understand if you don't want to answer this question, and uh, I know our fans are oh boy. knew it was coming. But <laughs> now, when when you have these matches, you obviously have your own uh, ring attire that you wear. But has have you ever had any? Um, how can I put this? Have you ever had any Janet Jackson uh, situations? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> more than once. I think I edited a video yesterday when that happened. <laughs> oh dear! And uh, happens to the best of us. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so were you wrestling a guy or a gal when this happened? I was wrestling Eliza Divine, if you know who she is from SKW. When it happened? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I do. As a matter of fact. Now, what's interesting is I was going to say that uh, if it it was was a guy and that happened, uh, I could say uh, he'd probably just freeze dead in his tracks and uh, not uh, uh, and uh, definitely not continue because he'd be like whatever. But uh, you know, uh, it so it it does does it does it uh, you you try and prevent it from happening is what I I guess what I'm asking. Yeah, I mean. Of course, but, you know, thank God for editing. <laughs> but when, when there are two fighters in the ring or mat room or whatever, it's not about gender. You know, it, there's been guys that slipped out of their, you know, <laughs> things and, you know, happens to the best of us on both sides. Uh, uh, Devin Damos, our guest here. Uh, Devin, we have a caller. Uh, uh, would you be willing to take a, a question from a caller? Sure. All right, uh, caller, go ahead, out of New York. Uh, what's the question? Oh, well, hello. Um, yeah, I don't know if this was already covered or not, um, but 
Yes, she would beat you up. We already asked. Oh, well, (laughs) uh, yeah, probably, most likely. But uh, what what, uh, got you started into the wrestling business? What made you decide uh, that what you wanted to do? I don't know if what made me decide to go into wrestling. Is that what you said? Yes. Um, I again, I honestly fell into it. I mean, I loved it as a kid, and I literally was a bartender in Atlanta and found another wrestler. And my first match, I was hooked. I loved it. Do you have any like um, people that you looked up to, motivations, inspirations, any any wrestlers that you kind of wanted to model yourself after? Um. Actually, my favorite was Sting back in the 80s. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yes, I'm that old. Um, no, it's fun. <laughs> and, uh, so did you like the server Sting or the Crow Sting? The Pro Sting, I think? No, well, no, it was the, the 80s. The Crow Sting, yeah. yeah. I didn't Crow know Sting there were two. So, yeah. Oh, I thought it was in the 80s. I have my 1980s. No, the, no he, was, he, was, he was super Sting in the 80s, yeah. Multi-colors. Yeah, yeah, the pro, yeah. pro Sting was like the black and white face paint, like the spider look, and that that was like yep, 96 with his uh, rivalry with Hogan. Okay. Yep. yep. Yep, that one. And I loved Hulk Hogan. Um, and then for girls, obviously it was Hollywood from Glow. Yep. If you we've know had her as a guest, too, yeah. Yeah, we've had yes, her as a guest, huh? She's a good friend of mine, yeah. First time I met her, she picked me up over her head. <laughs> I was like, dude, I have a dress on. She's like, it's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, let me ask you this, uh, 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 Devin, uh, and that, that was that's that's our uh, other co-host, Big Swing. Uh, he um, he uh, you know he makes rare appearances, but uh, uh, we have uh, uh, Devin Damo, and we have uh, well, we have about uh, two minutes left. Uh, if our fans want to check you out and uh, get their butt kicked by you, do you have a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? <laughs> I have, I think, all of that. Um, well, my email address is probably the easiest. Devinamo at gmail.com. Um, on TikTok, which I don't even understand TikTok, to be honest, but Eliza does my TikTok, but it's Devinamo. And let me think. Uh, Instagram is Devin D V O N S K W, and on Twitter it's the same thing. Devin D V Awesome. S K W. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so here's what I'm going to do. Uh, uh, and I, of course, our fans are going to wonder why you gave me your phone number. But uh, I know that uh, if I call you at the wrong time. Um, it's probably going to be um, it's probably going to be a health hazard to me, uh, which is why okay. I haven't called you. I've only emailed you, but uh, okay. you have been awesome, and we would definitely love to have you on again. Uh, and uh, maybe we can set up a match between uh, the Icon and uh, Devin, uh, uh, or a three-way match: uh, Matthias, Icon, and uh, Devin. And you guys could double team me. And uh, we can go from there. But we do appreciate you taking time on your schedule to join us, and we appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much. Thanks, Devin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, that was uh, Devin Damo, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, guys out there, if you want to get your butt kicked for three hundred bucks an hour. Uh, she can arrange that for you. Uh, our next guest is waiting in the rings. Uh, we'll be back in 30 seconds uh, for our superstar 
of the night. Give us 30 seconds. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the new clocks are here. The new clocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. Just go to our website, www.kensfm.com, and under the More Merch tab, you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supplies last. We have these in limited quantity, so order now at www.kensfm.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle, about to step in the ring uh, right now. He's the reason why WCW was the success that they were. If it wouldn't be for him, Eric Bischoff wouldn't have a job. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you PN News. You are listening to Attitude Era Monday Live on 89.1 Ken's FM, your host icon, the icon and Big Swing and Granny Hulkster. This is PN News. Hey, guys, what's up? Hey, hey PN, uh, I know that uh, you're, you're calling us on your own dime, so uh, uh, instead of having you on for 45 minutes, we'll have you on for about 30 so, uh, or less. I'll understand if you want to hang up, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll uh, do this quickly then. Uh, so if you want to no give worries, us a quick little background, if you want to give us a quick, because I know you're bigger than me, and I know he can beat me up, because I just had a, a gal <laughs> guest that wanted to beat me up just a little bit ago. Uh, so give us a little background about yourself there, PN, and then we'll uh, have some fun. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, I was. Uh, my wrestling name was PN News, of course. I started in 1987 in the AWA as Paul the Avalanche. Um, I... Uh, quickly went out to Portland Wrestling out on the West Coast where uh, I learned quite a bit of my trade there. Um, I was there for just over a year. From there I uh, met uh, individuals, got hooked up with uh, Germany, the CWA, uh, Otto Vance, and I also, uh, I, shortly after I did my first tour of Japan for, uh, for New Japan, and uh, I've been, yeah, I was a professional wrestler for around 30 years, and I traveled the world, got to visit about 50-plus uh, different countries, and had approximately 5,000 matches. Uh, I enjoyed my time wrestling, and, uh, yeah, I got to wrestle a who's who of professional wrestling, and it was uh, quite a career, and now my body's... Uh, paying for it and um i'm uh, it's i'm kind of glad it's over at this point <laughs> so that's and the it, short version and, and if i'm not mistaken you you are you are calling us from uh germany if i'm not mistaken correct that's right uh, i i moved to germany uh i well i spent a lot of time in germany and in austria i have a daughter who's uh, my daughter is 28 she's from austria and uh, my current wife and my last wife, um, the love of my life, is also a German. And we got four kids over here, and uh, yeah, uh, happily happily married and living out the dream. So now uh, I'm just kind of curious. So uh, when you moved over to Germany, and let's say when you like walked into like a grocery store or something there, and uh, uh, how everybody had to say, "Hey, that's PN News from WCW." Uh, it wasn't like that because um, 
first of all, back in the eighties when when wrestling first uh, when I when I was wrestling over here first, there was no wrestling on television, not even the WWE, then the WWF. Eventually, uh, eventually, about ninety, about ninety-seven or eighty-seven is when the wrestling uh, started. The WWF was being shown on television in Europe, and it, it grew from there. And then WCW, I think, got their first uh, television shows in Germany in about eighty-nine or ninety, and that was the same with England and stuff like that. So, yeah, wrestling wasn't the you know the U.S. wrestling wasn't the worldwide product back in the 80s that it was, that it is today. And we have a PN News as our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we got about uh, 30 minutes here with the man. Now, uh, 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 Mr. News, or Mr. PN, or I don't know how you want me to, I want to uh, be careful because, like you I know, say, you are bigger you than me. You can uh, call me just about anything. Just, uh, yeah, don't call me late for dinner, I guess. Ha ha. <laughs> Uh, okay, and of course we need to do PG language, but uh, uh, PN, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce you real, uh, quick to uh, Granny Hoxton. Now, Granny, uh, uh, PN was actually a uh, was actually a tag team partner with a friend of yours that you really know, uh, Bobby Eaton. Uh, had a match with uh, him and uh, against uh, uh, a couple unknown wrestlers, uh, uh, a guy by the name of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Red Rooster Terry Taylor. Uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest? Go ahead for PN News. Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure and honor to have you on here tonight. And yes, Bobby Eaton was a good friend of mine. Uh, God rest his soul. I, I really, I really miss him. Um, what was one of your most challenging matches you had in your career, and what type of match was it, and who was it against? Well, um, it's funny you should mention that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I just like to say God rest uh, Bobby Soul. He's one of the the true gentlemen of professional wrestling. Uh, Bobby was a great guy and uh, always had bonbons in his bag for the boys, you know. So uh, <laughs> he was, uh, he was, yeah. Just, I mean, ring clever in the ring and unbelievable. And the aforementioned uh, guys that uh, that uh, were mentioned uh, that match was. A, uh, a scaffold match uh, for the WCW, and it was it wasn't planned pro- uh, wasn't planned properly. And I keep thinking about proper planning prevents piss poor performance. And it was a scaffold match, and they forgot to organize the scaffolding, so there was a makeshift scaffolding made for that match. And it was the problem was it wasn't a, like a, a story above the ring; it was three stories above the ring. And it was incredibly dangerous, and there was, it was just way too high above the ring for anybody to take that fall, and it just made the match uh, tremendously difficult uh, to to perform, even though we we did our best. But it's uh, it's probably the the hardest hardest match, other than the first match I ever had, uh, was probably the hardest match I ever had to work in. Wow. Uh, PN News, I guess, here we got about uh, 28 minutes. Now, uh, we're, we're going to come back and talk about that scaffolding match. Uh, of course, uh, so since you, uh, now, you you obviously had to climb up on this thing, correct? Sure. Yep. And that, uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't an issue. I was climbing up to the top rope and doing all sorts of stuff. Climbing was never really the issue. I mean, I, even for a 
400 plus pound man I was always pretty athletic uh, so the climbing was really not the issue to it so but when you when you're on the when you're on the scaffolding and you're looking down are you like did you ever uh, cross your mind what the heck am I doing up here the whole time I was up there (laughs) it was just it was insane it was it was also my first scaffolding match I mean I'd done everything from coal miners glove matches to to bow ropes to chain matches up until that point um i i'd done cage matches i'd done a lot of stuff but that was yeah that was quite a quite an awakening so basically uh if you were still wrestling today you can survive any uh vince russo booking but uh from anywhere from a viagra <laughs> on a pole match to uh uh <laughs> to anything uh uh, P and News are guests here. We got about the 26 minutes. Uh, uh, P and I'm going to introduce you to uh, our next co-host, uh, Matthias. Uh, he was uh, his wrestling career was inspired by you, uh, so I know he's got a few questions. Uh, so go ahead, Matthias. What do you got? Well, first off, I want to welcome you onto the show. It's awesome to have a fellow uh, wrestler here on the radio show, as always. Um, I guess one of my main questions to you uh, was throughout your entire wrestling career. Did you enjoy wrestling singles or multi-man matches more? And for either or, what was one of your uh, favorite matches like you ever got to uh, participate in? Well, um, I tell you what, I, I liked them both. Um, uh, matches or matches as a, as a professional wrestler, you yourself know that that the psychology of a match is is different. Uh, whether you're in a single or in a in a in a three-way or in a tag match, um, mm-hmm. I did enjoy I enjoyed singles, and I'd have to say the the my favorite match, one of my favorite matches I ever had as a single match was a guy out of Austria, a kid named uh, um, Bambi Killer, Chris Chris Raybar, and he uh, we did uh, in Europe at the time for championships we did. Uh, round a round system so it was rounds like a, ba- a boxing match and not like mm-hmm. um yeah not like a, a single time limit uh we did uh, we had a 15 minute uh, 15 round uh limit and we ended up doing we we went we took it home in the 12th round and that was just uh, one of my favorite matches of, of all time we you know we we did everything from soup to nuts, and uh, yeah, it was in front of a sold-out crowd in in Leoben, Austria, and it was uh, yeah, like I said, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I really loved doing tag matches as well. One of my tag team partners when I was out in Portland, Portland taught me a heck of a lot. Was uh, was um, Buddy Rose, and Buddy Rose and I, uh, we were Pacific Northwest Tag Team Champions. I was also Tag Team Champions with a with a gentleman named uh, Mike Golden, and we had feuds with the Southern Rockers. Uh, that was Steve Dahl and Scott Peterson at the time, and I really enjoyed those matches. And I mean, I've had other great matches in between that, but but uh, for for the sake, those those were two those are two of the favorite matches that I've ever had. Never really, I'm, I've never been a fan of the three-way dance or, or anything like that, but I do enjoy tag matches and and also, um, like I said, I, I enjoy uh, singles. Um, as far as like rumbles or battle royals and stuff like that, I also 
I also uh, did have some enjoyable uh, Royal Rumbles when I was uh, in Europe and stuff like that. So, um, okay. and then it's just too many too many bodies in the ring to name them all right now. So. Yeah, exactly. And then um, another question I had now that I thought about it was one of what was one of your favorite promotions you ever got to work for. And uh, was there anybody that was, like, really difficult to work with that you were probably thinking, eh, I'll probably never work with this guy again, or if I had to, it'd be, like, on a minimal basis? And you can't say the icon, because that would be too easy. <laughs> no, I, you know what? Really, um, I enjoyed wrestling when I was doing it, and there was never really any wrestler. I mean, I mean I'm sure the same can't be said about me, but there was never really any wrestler where, uh, especially in the United States, that I would say that, you know, I, I didn't want to work with him, or it was he was difficult. Um, in in Europe, we had a, we had a couple guys. A guy named Eddie Steinlock. He was a big German, about six foot six. He was he was kind of a handful, but uh, not not because he was a tough guy. It's just literally he was awkward and stuff like that. And uh, mm-hmm. he but he's he passed away, so I don't want to throw too much uh, too much extra dirt on his grave, but. But uh, he was he was kind of difficult, but I still ended up uh, working with him probably 50 or 60 times, you know. So in my in my career, okay. so yeah. All right, and uh, I believe that uh, Big Swing has a question for PN News. We're on 89.1 Ken's FM. We got uh, 22 minutes. Go ahead, uh, Big Swing. What do you got? Uh, he's not there. Okay. Um, uh, well, see, here's here's a, here's the thing, PN. Uh, no, I am uh, I, I am here. I had the microphone. I had the microphone. And I'm uh, yeah, that was amazing. Um, no, because I was talking and no one's like, okay, whatever. So, um, no, I was saying, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch much of um, PN just because it was a little bit before my time period of really watching wrestling. But throughout my my research on him, um, everyone talked about workers and who's you know the best workers and the great workers and guys that you get in the ring and you just know I right, this guy's you know I, I love working with him he's gonna be great down the road or, or whatnot um Matthias just asked you know about guys that you weren't so favorable about I was looking through some of you know the names that you have on your versus resume and you know stunning Steve Austin which as we all know turned into stone cold uh you had uh, a match with with Diamond Dallas Page in his early career um, we actually defeated him at Clash of Champions. Uh, looking at, you know, Ron Simmons and, and guys like that who, who at the time may not have been the biggest names but went on to become, you know, mega stars. Even Spike Dudley became a big star. You had your run-ins with him. Was there anybody that you faced, uh, whether it's these guys or, or others, that every time you fought you were like, damn, you know, this, this guy's going to be good. He's got a future or, you know, I, I just enjoy working with this guy so much. I think there's, you know, something here. And then to see them become what they did probably made you feel good, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, I mean, back in, back in WCW, I mean, everybody, when, when I wrestled uh, Steve Austin and stuff like that, that was, uh, yeah, that that was, everybody kind of knew he was going to be a big number and uh, he, you know, and, and, came, and of course he, he, he became one. Um, I also, you know, got to wrestle, uh, you know, uh JLB he was he was my tag team partner in Germany and he was uh he was quite the character and and I was really happy to see him uh become a big name and 
and then uh, after, and like, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Brian Armstrong, uh, the road dog, uh, he was a tag team partner of mine for a little while here in Europe, and it, mm. but he was, uh, he came he came over after he'd had his run in the WWE, basically, uh, but I thought he was tremendously talented. I got to wrestle Dave uh, Dave Finley quite a few times, and Fit Finley was is probably the smoothest, one of the smoothest professional wrestlers that I've that I've ever had the pleasure of of wrestling. I mean, just a tremendous talent uh, that guy was, and I mean, he he got his break over there a little bit later in his career, but uh, he should have been there a so, few yeah. earlier. Yeah, he was. Yeah, just he he's forgotten more about wrestling than most people uh, most people will ever know. So, um, oh, wow. and you know, and, and like I, I got to wrestle guys that were after you know it was after the the prime of their career. I mean, Dick Murdoch was one of my favorite uh, guys. I I did a, a run with Dick down in Puerto Rico, and and he was uh, just a tremendous worker. But I mean, that's not really. Yeah, I mean that doesn't suit the question, I guess, but but yeah, I mean no, I there was there there were so many so many talented individuals that I w- was able to get in the ring with. It it was really uh yeah, it, it was just it was just incredible for me. Um I wrestled the likes of Antonio Inoki when I was in Japan and uh yeah, the list goes on and on. So, I mean, it was yeah, I I had a uh my my career was at a time where I think it, there was I don't I, I don't know if you'd call it the golden era of wrestling but there certainly was a uh, it was just a different era in professional wrestling at that time. And I don't know if you knew this or not, Icon, because you're basically you know an encyclopedia of wrestling. But you may or may not have known this, but uh, he's actually first cousins with the guy who played Manta. Did you know that? Um, he's not my first cousin. We're we're good friends. Uh, Mike, I got oh, Mike uh, his first. Yeah. I got him. Oh. I got him. His, what happened was I got him his first professional uh, wrestling match. Um, he my this is a good story. My my I'm I'm from Nebraska originally, and uh, okay. my younger brother was going to the University of Nebraska at Omaha uh, back in the 80s, Ooh, <laughs> in no. early 90s. And yeah, and uh, so, so anyway, Mike Mike's originally from Omaha, and uh, it was funny because my brother saw Mike in a bar, and at the time we looked we looked almost identical. You couldn't tell us apart hardly, and he kept staring at him. And my brother's not a he's a small guy. He's not a big guy. He was probably 180 pounds at the time, six foot, five uh, eleven, six foot, and. And he kept staring at Mike, and Mike just wanted to rip his head off because he didn't know why he was staring at him. So finally, my little brother got the courage up and went over to him and said, uh, "Excuse me, but I don't mean to stare at you, but uh, you look just like my brother." And Mike goes, "Oh, I suppose you're going to tell me that your brother's PN News." And, and my little brother goes, "Well, actually, he is." And took out his driver's license and showing his driver's license because uh, my name is New, spelled N-E-U, the German way. And my my little brother took his his uh, driver's license out and showed him. And uh, yeah, I contacted uh, I got in contact with Mike because I was always on the road at the time. And and uh, Mike had already been training down in Florida and um, with the Malinkos. And I ended up uh, talking to Mike and I got him booked over uh, in Germany for his first match in uh, with the Otto Vance in the old CWA back in the day. 
See, I like that story a lot better. I'm going to change some of the online things here because things that I saw said a first cousin of, you know, my talent. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I don't know, I don't know what that. site you went on, but everything on Wikipedia, I wouldn't believe everything you read there. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple. I'm, 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 sure I'm going to write that of, email, some, some harshly worded email. I appreciate it. Yeah, but, yeah I, I don't <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm not. Go ahead. There, there is there is one cool thing uh, that that Wikipedia says about you. It says that uh, you were one of the most awesomely featured wrestler in WCW in the '90s. So uh, that's got to be correct, right? Uh, yeah, well, it must be if it's if it's on Wikipedia now. If it's on Wikipedia, it must be true. Now I, I didn't know that. Huh? That's that's pretty uh, that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I, I'm. You know, as a, I try not to be too fond of myself or be have too big of an ego. I I don't even watch my I don't even watch my matches anymore. When when I was younger, I I used to watch my matches in order to critique myself and and try and get better. But uh, now I, I yeah I I I just uh, yeah I I try to stay humble and I try to be yeah I'm, I'm happy about the career I had and and. Uh, I try to stay humble about it. Uh, PN News is our guest here. We got uh, well, we got about uh, 15 minutes here with uh, the man, give or take a little bit. Uh, now, you know, you worked with you went you were with WCW, so uh, you actually had uh, Eric Bischoff as your promoter, and then you uh, were with ECW, so you had Paul Heyman as your promoter. Uh, it, it, I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, but could you compare and contrast uh, the two? What's like working for each guy? <clears throat> well, uh, Eric was basically he was a, yeah he was a on mic talent uh, back in those days. He wasn't actually the head of the company. Uh, Dusty Rhodes was the booker when I was there, and uh, a guy named Jim Hurd, uh, and then later Kip Fry were the guy were the guys in the front office there for the WCW. But Eric Bischoff had just come into the company and wasn't in the position that he was just a, a year or two later. So um I couldn't really compete, compare the two. Uh Paul Heyman was uh he he was also in the WCW at the time and I really appreciated Paul. Uh he was just a tremendous Tremendous on the mic there, and he was, you know, when you were doing, when he was doing a promo with you or something like that, he was uh, he was tremendous. He could do, he could really lead you pretty well. Clever guy. Uh, as far as my ECW career, um, yeah, he was, you know, he was he was filling a niche with the ECW and and all that stuff, and I didn't mind doing all the hardcore, but. He, he was just he, his he, he was different. His ideas were different there, and terrible to to any other product. So um, it's just it's hard to compare him to anybody uh, like like Russo. And I, I I'm think I think a a lot of later guys were probably heavily heavily influenced by the the whole ECW era uh, to this to the stuff. So you know, and I'm kind of curious. How come? Uh... Did you did you ever uh, try and work for Vince, uh, or did you not want to go work for Vince? No, I had a couple opportunities. When I the thing was is when I uh, when I got the PN News deal, I was uh, I came into WCW and got a dark match, and uh, they they looked at my gimmick and they 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 liked it. I came in with 
the rapping gimmick, and I kind of wanted it to be a heel. And uh, when I got there, uh, Dusty just left New York. He was doing his gimmick there, and he had to do the Royal Rumble or something there in January. And as he, he left the company, and then he came straight in with the book in WCW. And when that occurred, uh, he said, yeah, just, just hold on. I like the dark match and everything like that. Uh, just, I just got to find a position for you, baby. Just give me a little bit of time, if you will. So um, I came back. They called me back into the office, and they asked if I could rap, and I did a little rap in the office for them. And I showed them my gear, and they said, okay, we'll go with that. And I'd had my first television match, and then they set me up with this Great American Bash commercial, and I wrapped the commercial for them and everything, and I still wasn't under contract. So they called uh, guys like me and Scott Hall and Austin and uh, Johnny B. Bad and the Patriots. They called us all in separately, of course, uh, to sign these little minimal contracts with them. And everybody signed right away, and I didn't sign. I took my contract with me. And But that Sunday I had to go back to the Omni in Atlanta and do just do a wrap. And I saw Dusty in the hotel, and I said, Dusty, I'm not, uh, I'm not really sure about this contract. And uh, he, and he says, Well, baby, I'm, I'm going to the, I'm going to the Omni now. We'll, we'll talk when you get to the show, if you will. So we got, I got there, and and he pulled me into this office, and it was one of, uh, it was one of Ted Turner's big offices or big, you know, uh, VIP rooms and stuff like that, gold faucets, all this, the whole nine yards, and. And he gives me a whole spill and says, you know, sometimes you just gotta gotta trust somebody. And I happened to have the uh, the contract in my wrestling bag, and I said, okay, Dusty, I'll, I'll sign the paperwork. And so I signed it there. When I got home that night, uh, there was a message on my machine from Strongbow that says, hey, you need to call Pat Patterson first thing in the morning. Uh, he loves your gimmick. Uh, they want you to start immediately. And unfortunately, I just, you know, about the time he called was the time I signed the signed the paperwork for WCW. And then uh, a couple years later, after I was after I'd had the run with the PN News, and I was back over in Europe, and my uh, my my wife was pregnant with my daughter, and we were, you know, I was getting ready to move over to Austria for the first time. And uh, well, now I, I would already been doing the wrestling over there, but this was a point where I was, you know, picking up shop, and I was moving all my belongings, everything over there, and uh, I went to, I came back uh, to the States to finalize everything, and I ended up going up to Ohio, where they were doing the uh, whole King of the Ring thing, and uh, I, and Sergeant Slaughter was in charge of new talent at the time with WWE, he goes, man, where where have you been, we've been trying to get a hold of you, and, and all this stuff. I said, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, we've been looking for you. We wanted you to do a gimmick, and that's about the time Men on a Mission started. And In fact, that was their first weekend of television uh, at that point was Men on a Mission and everything. So there were those opportunities, and then I'd been in touch a, a little, a few other times, but I had other things going on. I was I was doing a few other things. So, um, And then after that, I just I had one more look uh, when I was down in Kansas City, but by that time, I, I visited me and Mike Halleck uh, went to Kansas City, and and but I just had, yeah, I 
there, there were people in the in the office that I didn't get along with, and it was just a, a, a bad time for me to join the company. So that was kind of it. And that was like 2007 or something like that. So. Uh, PN News, or yes, here we got about uh, eight minutes. So I'm just kind of curious now. When you uh, when you when you uh, are talking to American Dream Dusty Rhodes, and he says, "Hey, baby, I'm gonna we, we're gonna go down to the Omni there, and we're gonna we're gonna sign a contract with you, and we're gonna make you the biggest star of all time, the most recognizable athlete next to Muhammad Ali." Um, uh, if my voice was better, I could do a better <laughs> I could do a better Dusty Rhodes. But I mean, that had that had to be cool though. Uh, to be uh, to get to hang out with Dusty Rhodes. I mean, when I was a kid, he was my hero. I mean, a lot of be- and him and the Ultimate Warrior. But you know, a lot of people say, "Well, wasn't it Hogan or whatever?" But yeah, being able to hang out with Dusty, uh, Dust, uh, Dust, uh, yeah, Dusty Rhodes. That had been a that had been a real treat, right? Well, it wasn't. You know, it's just like you know, I, I was a kid. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, but. Uh, when I was a kid, I mean, I remember watching Dusty too. When I, you know, uh, I was I was around when cable television uh, was a new thing back in the late '70s, and I grew up in a small town, so we were one of the first, you know, towns to to get professional or to get to cable TV. And back in those days, there was only about ten or twelve channels on it, and to Turner Broadcasting happened to be one of them. And so we would get uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling. So I, you know, as a, as a, you know, a, a, a young kid and an early teenager, I, you know, used to see uh, Dusty Rhodes on the Georgia Championship Wrestling. So for me, he was a, uh, yeah, he was a, yeah, a star, right? So when you do get into an office with him or you do get around him and he's talking like he does on his, on his. Uh, on his interviews and stuff like that, you kind of get inspired and and uh, yeah, you, you kind of look up to that, especially as a early in your early twenties and you've only been around the business for about two or three years. Uh, you're you know still a greenhorn, still a little bit of a rookie, and so it's uh, yeah, it's it's. I don't think it was intimidating or anything like that. It just was it was different because uh, you know I grew up in a town with you know eighteen hundred people. You know I wasn't I wasn't used to hanging around with. Uh, entities that were uh, on TV every weekend so it was uh, it was uh, a new thing so it was yeah it it was cool but it it was never overwhelming but it was cool but he was he's a smooth operator he got me to sign that contract that I really didn't want to sign so obviously a tremendously smooth operator and he was uh, he, he got me so but yeah um all those all those guys you know all those legends that were around at the time you know guys like him and Flair and Barry Windham and Bobby Eaton and and it was you know those they were larger than life uh, individuals on television and it was uh, yeah it, it was it was cool. Uh, PN News, our guest here. Uh, unfortunately, we only got about uh, five minutes left with you. I, I wish we had five more years with you, and uh, you know, and I we do appreciate. I, I I believe it's like what two in the morning in Germany right now or something like that. No, it's uh, right now. It's a quarter to six. We're a seven-hour time difference uh, where I'm at to Central. Where Where are you guys at? Oh well, um, we're in Central, Portland, North Dakota, and okay, yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, North Dakota, like, yeah. Then I, uh, yeah, you're seven hours. You're seven hours behind me there in, in Fargo. So uh, that's a nice town. I was I did some stuff in Fargo. That was uh, 
Grand Forks, uh, I got a story for you. Grand Forks, I had my eyebrows shaved up there. <laughs> I, I remember that. In the AWA. <laughs> I remember that. As a matter of fact, now you know, you know you mentioned uh, you know because you you don't have an ego. You're very humble, and uh, you know it's like uh, someone uh, once told me you know because I mean you're you're you know you're 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 a big guy. You know you're basically a big teddy bear, but you know. My dad always told me, don't ever poke the bear at 5 in the morning, you know, and I'm kind of doing that. But uh, now, uh, you mentioned that you don't, uh, you don't really watch any of your matches anymore, but uh, you've obviously had to have watched some of your matches with, with your kids, right? Uh, I, no, nah, I, I let them watch some stuff on YouTube. I don't sit there and really watch it with them, so... Uh... And and my my oldest my daughter uh, my oldest daughter she got to actually come to we had uh, some stuff in the old CWA we used to do with this Kinder Catch because it, it, if you were under 15 you weren't actually allowed to come into wrestling matches in Austria and Germany back in those days and it's uh, city ordinances and stuff and so we'd have do this thing on a Sunday morning yeah and of course most of the guys would come in with hangovers and everything like that but. It would be. It was called Kinder Catch, and it was where basically we were doing like an open seminar, and kids could see us go through moves and 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 go through different uh, you know different holds and everything like that. And it was just something for for the kids to build a future uh, to build future um, fans of of catch wrestling uh, at the time. And that was, like, back in the 90s. So when she was a little girl, she used to get to come in and see that stuff with me and stuff. But, yeah, I, I mean, if the kids, if they asked me, I would I would probably sit down and watch some matches with me. But they're too busy with Minecraft and doing all that kind of stuff today. So it's uh, it's, a, it's a completely different world. <laughs> now, now I was, I'm, I'm kind of curious because uh, we actually had a guest a couple weeks ago uh, that's uh, going to be doing this for us. But I just want to find out your action when you first saw your action figure what what was what was your thought when you saw your first action figure well the thing here's the crazy thing about that was a galoob figure and my action figure only went into prototype and it didn't actually go into production so there were only five prototypes of that figure made and at the moment i believe it's the most expensive uh wrestling figure being traded i know in about 2010 or 11 on ebay one of the one of those action figures went uh, for around 1700 us and i actually was offered uh, one of them uh, i knew a guy who had two of them and he offered me one for for like a thousand us and i turned him down i i said i wasn't interested like i said it just to me it wasn't uh, it wasn't a, a thing. It wasn't important for me to have a, a figure of myself. I um, I do know that uh, I do have a gentleman that is, and I can't think of his name right now, but he's done some 3D castings, and, and right now he's working on uh, painting those up, and we'll probably be selling those, and that'll probably be a limited thing, too. We won't do too many of them to, to, keep, the, to keep the value high on the thing, so... So when I do finally uh, kick the bucket, uh, I should have some. I should continue to have the most expensive wrestling figure out of there. Well, we well we hope that uh, you uh, you don't kick the bucket for another twenty forty years. But uh, I mean, you you've just been such a great, awesome guy, and 
for our fans listening, you know, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Kids Up page, like that. Uh, and do a $10 donation a month. You can get a uh, chance to win an autograph uh, from a past guest, uh, current guest, or future guest. And uh, I don't know if you'd be able to send us a few autographs, PN, but uh, you're, you're such a great guy and you're such a humble guy. And uh, most importantly, I want to thank you for being, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for being a friend of the icon, a friend of the shows. Uh, I do apologize that, uh, you know, that you, we had to wake you up this early in the morning, and uh, plus we had, you had to call from your own phone. But uh, you're just an amazing, amazing individual. And uh, most importantly, you're, you're an awesome guy and a great friend, sir, and I'm glad that you were able to join us tonight. Well, it's, it, was enjoy, it was an enjoyable time uh, just uh, talking about stuff and bringing up some good memories. And uh, the thing is, is wrestling, you know, nobody's a superstar without the fans in the first place. So you kinda, you're kind of obligated to, to give back, and it's not really too much of a chore to to just, you know, put together a half hour or 40, 45 minutes or so. I did a, I actually did a online signing uh, the two days ago. So um, it's just, uh, and that was for a company in the U.K. And like I said, you gotta you got to give back to, to the fans because without without wrestling fans, uh, you're, you're nobody at all. So Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, thanks for uh, joining us, and uh, go have some breakfast, and uh, I'll chat with you down the line. Thank you, sir, very much. All right. You guys have a great evening, and uh, take care of yourself, and uh, be safe. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right. PN News. Hey, now now tell me, guys, was that not awesome or what, huh? Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was awesome. Now, uh, Big Swing is back, so tell me. And I know this is putting myself over, but who brings the legends to this show? The icon does. Am I right? No, I do. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, let, let me let me see your phone call list of who you booked. Uh, hey, Big Swing. Uh, you know, uh, we keep talking about this. Uh, our anniversary is coming up, is it not? He's not listening. Uh, you know, it's always nice to get a silent treatment from your buddy. But anyway, uh, no, it is uh, coming yeah. up. I, um, the anniversary—it's right after WrestleMania. Right, and uh, did you ever imagine? Because uh, I was not in the uh, original meeting when uh, you when you guys launched this with uh, uh, Overtime Dot News. Uh, you know, I remember I started out as a caller, and look at where we we look at where we started getting a hundred listeners a week. Uh, to 9,800 uh, listeners a week, give or take. And, uh, you know, did you ever expect it to get this big when you first started it, honestly? Uh, well, those were obviously the, the goals and the aspirations. I mean, it, it seemed like it was that was a big goal to shoot for, but Dustin and I both had the, the personality of, you know, go hard or go home with it. And, you know, um I never thought that it would be what it is today. And when I say that, I mean the format, the interview show process that it has become. Because when we went on, all all we wanted to do was have an outlet to complain about wrestling and how bad WWE had begun. It's even worse now, but how bad it had gotten. And we just wanted to go on and, and kind of air our grievances and, and just, you know, uh, I can't really say the word on FM, but, but you know, what it starts with a B and it's the same thing as complain about wrestling, and, um, you know, every once in a while we would 
say how we would do it better, what things we wanted to book and things. And then every once in a while, we, we would have somebody come on. And then it started with Buff Bagwell. We had Buff Bagwell as our first guest. We were like, hmm, maybe the interview thing is pretty cool. If we can get one of these a month. And then it turned into, well, maybe we can get two of these a month. Well, huh, why not? And then eventually it, you know, especially when you came on board, it turned into, well, why don't we just turn it into an interview show and just really, instead of us complaining about wrestling, why don't we bring back the glory days of wrestling by talking to a lot of these legends and these superstars? And, you know, uh, if you look at our resume now, uh, we've had we've had a lot of big, big names on this show, uh, a lot of people that, you know, it doesn't matter if you were a wrestling fan or not, they were names you've heard. So um, did I did I see it getting this big? Who knows? Two guys sitting in a garage starting a podcast. Yeah, sure we wanted it, but we never really saw it. But now that it's here, it's um, you know it's it, it's a great thing. I'm very happy about it. Or as or as uh, the honky tonk man referred to us as Mama Basement Radio, and uh, yeah, you know I, yeah. I you know well, that still upsets have a bad me. Image in a lot of people's mind. Well, the podcasts have. I mean, Howard Stern blasts podcasts all the time. Like, people who are in radio really don't like the idea of podcasts because there's not a lot of structure and it's not the same. I mean, people around the office at the ESPN station talk about how bad the sports podcasts are compared to our radio shows. I get it. But the cool thing about it is we can talk to people from all over the country and all around the world. We can't just talk about – we don't just talk to people in our local region. That's why I enjoy this. When I go on the air every morning here, I'm talking to people that live in the Albany area. I'm not talking to people around the world, around the country. So that's the cool thing about it is is, is our audience is so much more broad. Uh, didn't you say we're like the top show in like three countries or something? It, it's pretty Yeah, we're the, we're the number one show in Dhaka, Dhaka, Bangladesh, and Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. There we go. Yeah, see, we would never have that just being FM. So the fact that we've had right. our platform expand uh, and, and now we're able to bring in an FM backing behind it to make us more, quote-unquote, official uh, is, is is awesome as well. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, guys, we got we got to roll. Uh, be, uh, be looking uh, on our Facebook page uh, for the guest next week. We do have a big show next week. Uh, we got a returning guest. He loved us so much that he wanted to come back in quick time. So uh, we're going to wrap this up. And, uh, Big Swing, I know that you love this. Uh, we're going to end the show with uh, your hero's theme song. And uh, oh, yeah. until next week, uh, everybody love each other. Be, yeah. yeah, everybody love each other. Be safe. And uh, we'll see you same time, same channel next week here on 89.1 Kens FM, live from the great city of Fargo, North Dakota. You think you know me? Now some homegrown rock and roll on 89.1 Ken's FM.